Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. This morning's reading is taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, and this can be found on page 1036 of the Pew Bibles. Luke chapter 8, beginning to read at verse 1. The parable of the sower. After this, Jesus travelled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that, though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. The rocky ground, oh, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, and they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known and brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. 
Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. This is the word of the Lord. Hello friends, uh, great to be with you uh, today. My name is Matthew. Um, my, may I extend my welcome to any who are new as well. Do keep the, the Bibles open there and uh, we'll pray as we begin. Our Father, the Lord Jesus said, consider carefully how you listen. Please Lord, help us now as we listen to the words of Jesus. Give us attentiveness and faith and a willingness to persevere and obey what is said. Please, Lord, help us to listen carefully. Amen. I've got two questions for us to begin with. Uh, who in our life should we listen to and how's the quality of that listening? Let me suggest some answers. I should listen to my wife, and my wife should listen to me, but the reality is we're not always very good at it. So, for example, Catherine will say to me what I should be cooking uh, the boys for tea, or I might say to her where I've left some things for her, and about half an hour later, I'll go to her and say, oh, what, what am I meant to be cooking the boys for tea? Or, and, or she'll say to me, where did you leave those papers for me? And the reply is always, I've told you but you weren't listening. Or we should listen to our bosses, shouldn't we? We get emails from them, but we just scan through in a hurry and we miss some key details. Or we should be listening to the government, but when new laws come in, like recently on safer driving, uh, stuff that is really relevant to us, we don't take the time to read the details. There are people we should listen to, we have a responsibility, but the reality is we don't always listen well. Yet turn it around, there are some occasions when you do listen well, and it actually can be really special. You have the, one of those conversations with, uh, with your spouse or with a friend, and you do really listen to them. And, uh, and you learn something, and you go to like new, deeper uh, places in that relationship, it's a special thing. Well, as Christians, we've made a commitment to Jesus at church. We recently reaffirmed that commitment. We've been talking about that verse from Philippians saying, to live is Christ. But just as we're not very good at listening to those around us, sometimes we're not very good at listening to Jesus and the teaching we receive from him in the Bible. It could be uh, in those moments of listening when uh, we're reading the Bible for ourselves and we just do it in a rush or we're sitting in a Bible study or listening to a sermon but we let our mind wander. Or it could be a pretense of listening, being there, engaging, making all the right noises but in our private life not putting it into action. Or it could be a longer term drift 
in our listening. Having started so attentive, so obedient, now the words of Jesus are far from a driving force in our lives. So our question today is, how's the quality of our listening to Jesus? Just to say though, for those who are not Christians here, I hope this will be relevant for you too, because you are people who are listening to the words of Jesus. We've just read some, and maybe you've been around for a little while considering what Jesus has to say to you. You've got to decide what you make of it all. So let's get into the passage. We're in Luke chapter 8, page 1036 in the Bibles. Luke is one of the four gospel accounts telling the story of the life of Jesus. And we're early on in the gospel. We're just getting to know him. Verses 1 to 3, they set us up. Jesus is traveling around and he's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. That is, he is telling people about the salvation that he is bringing. And he's got some followers with him. He's got the 12 disciples. They've already been introduced back in chapter 6. But there's also this group of women. And Luke, in his gospel, as you read through, you'll notice, he often pairs men and women together because Jesus welcomes them equally. And so now he introduces them, a a few women who have been saved by Jesus and are now serving Jesus. And then verse 4, large crowds were gathering. People were coming to hear him. And so it's time for a challenge about the quality of their listening. The first thing today then is this. Listen carefully because it will be tragic or wonderful. Listen carefully because it will be tragic or wonderful. And this is verses 4 to 15. It's a reasonably well-known parable. It's called the parable of the sower. But the sower is not mentioned again after verse 5, so I wonder if it should be called the parable of the soils. The farmer, he goes out and he scatters seed in his field. This is, this is old school farming. Many of us will have watched Clarkson's Farm on Amazon Prime, I'm sure. And uh, it's not like that. There's not sort of high-tech technology for precision planting of seeds. Now, this is a scattering of seeds and there's wastage. It lands in four different soils, four different types of places. First, some goes on the path. There's no chance of growth there as it's trampled on or eaten by the birds. Second, some goes on the rocky ground. And it can grow a bit, but it can't send down roots in search of water. And and so it dies out when the heat comes. Third, some's in with the thorns. Apparently in a plowed field, you you wouldn't know that there's thorns underneath, but they'll grow up with the crop and and stop the crop from growing healthily. But finally, the fourth, the good soil, and there's a great crop which far outweighs the lost seed in other places. The parable ends, verse 8, with a call to hear what has been said. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. But he doesn't give them any explanation to help them with their hearing. And I wonder if we'd been there and if we'd heard the parable, what we'd have made of it that day. Would we have understood? 
the disciples, therefore, they come and they ask for the meaning, verse 9. But Jesus doesn't explain immediately. First, he says why he spoke in a parable in the first place. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is a quotation from uh, Isaiah and, uh, and the commissioning of Isaiah for his ministry. And Jesus is connecting to that and he's saying, um, uh, like with Isaiah, that he's expecting some people to understand and some not to understand. In fact, that's what he's intending, some people to understand and some not to. And that is always the case with the Word of God. It will have different responses. And parables are one of the clearest ways of showing that. Everyone hears the parable, but not everyone gets it. There might be amusement or, 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 or interest or puzzlement or confusion or whatever. But only some people come to Jesus eagerly, interested, diligent, and wanting to know what it means. And that's the disciples. And that's actually the point of the parable as well. Some will listen well, some won't. Jesus uh, does then interpret the parable. Verse 11. The seed is the word of God. And it's about what happens when people hear. Soil one. They hear but they don't take anything in it, snatched away. We see that, don't we? We see that many times. Maybe you brought a friend along to church or you brought a friend along to an evangelistic event and there's a, a gospel message and it seems powerful and it seems clear and you, you can't wait to hear what they think of it and in the car on the way home you say, so what did you make of it? And they sort of shrug and they say, um, I like the joke at the beginning. Soil two. They, uh, they hear as well, and they receive it with joy. Excellent. A profession of faith. But it doesn't last long. Testing comes, and they fall away. Maybe it's um, someone at school, and their friends hear that they've become a Christian and start laughing at them. So quietly, they give up. Then soil three, they hear too, they believe too, but life takes over its worries and riches and pleasures. Maybe they become a Christian at university, they go well for a number of years, but life changes and you can't be so committed when you've got a busy job and you're married and you've got kids, it all just takes over. And 20 years down the line, they're just going through the motions and then COVID hit. And they stopped coming to church, and they never came back. But soil four, they heard, they believed, they faced the same trials, the, the pressures of life were just the same, but they held their commitment. Their hearts were good and true, and we know these people too. They blessed others. There was a fruit of righteousness in their lives. There was a crop of other people that they led to faith. They pressed on to the end, and we celebrated their lives at their funerals. 
There are four soils, but only two outcomes. The disappointment of rejecting the words of Jesus, either immediately or over time, or the wonder of holding firm to the end, the joy of it. So let's listen carefully, because it will be tragic or wonderful. I think this applies to setting our expectations right. Why don't people get it? Why don't people respond? And why do people give up after a while? And and why do whole chunks of the Church of England just reject the Word of God? It can be unsettling for us. It can make us doubt whether the Word of God is true. Is it powerful to save? This has always been what Jesus said would happen. We don't know who will respond well. Uh, I do Christianity Explored. We're running a Christianity Explored course right now uh, on Thursday evenings. I can never predict who will accept the gospel and who will reject it. We don't know. And we look at the youth and the students here at church and it's impossible to know who will be going well in 20 years' time. It's a big theme of uh, Luke's gospel. As Jesus is traveling around, proclaiming the kingdom, there are surprising results. Surprising people responding because it's all about the grace of God. Anyone, outsiders, insiders, the religious or the rogues, anyone can receive the grace of God and we can't predict who will. So expect to be surprised. But in the end, there really will be a wonderful harvest. A great harvest for us to rejoice in. The Word of God is ultimately very, very powerful. I think this also helps with the question of whether you can fall away as a Christian. What if someone made a profession of faith but isn't living it out anymore? It's a really painful thing to see. Uh, Maybe we think of some of our grown-up children. Well, we know that God, uh, God knows his people. He holds on to his people. But this shows that some people uh, might start out looking like Christians, but it doesn't last. That does sadly happen. But this also shows that we don't really know what will happen next. We can't predict it at all. The grace of God can break through to anyone at any time. So please keep praying for those people on your mind. But for us, the question is, will we keep on listening? Over the long term, listening carefully means persevering in listening. So let's keep up the good practices Personal reading, small group attendance, being here Sunday by Sunday. And let's be aware of what might drag us down. It might be opposition. So don't give up when it comes. Or maybe, uh, uh, maybe it's life trying to crowd in on us. Don't let it. Let's make good choices about what we prioritize. Let's see the dangers of filling life up with, uh, with our work or with hobbies or doing up our house. And consider what we do on Sundays. 
like kids' sports clubs or frequencies of weekends away. We've got to listen carefully over the long term because it will be either wonderful or tragic. Luke follows up this parable with two brief extra bits which develop the same point and, uh, and he's brief with them, so we'll be brief with them as well. And here's our second point then. Listen carefully, because nothing will stay hidden. This is verses 16 to 18. Listen carefully, because nothing will stay hidden. I think this addresses the problem of people who look like they're listening to Jesus, but the reality is they're not. This bit of teaching uh, here, this section, is, is made up with three sayings that Jesus uses in other places. Uh, you might recognize them, but the unique bit, which tells us what the point and makes sense of it all, is the command in verse 18. Let's read these verses. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. So he starts with the picture of the light. Lights are for shining. You put them somewhere so that they can have the maximum effect. Uh, They would put it on a stand. We hang lights from the ceiling. Uh, Things are meant to be seen in that light. And when the light is shining, then hidden things will be exposed. And in this context, what is it that's going to be exposed? It's the hearts of people and the quality of our listening. If it's not real, that will come out. If we're putting on a show, it won't last forever. But if it is real, then that will be seen too. So the final saying makes sense. Whoever has, that is those who are listening carefully, uh, then they will get to hear even more. Whoever has not, those who are not really listening, then even that will be taken away. They won't have any faith by the end and it's the same as before there's only two outcomes one wonderful and one tragic and even if people are in the middle for a time in the end it will be one place or the other and the question for us is how's our listening is it careful is it real or could we be putting on a show We're here, we're often in Bible studies, we're making all the right noises, anyone looking at us would think, they're a Christian, they're doing well, they're listening to God. But maybe for some here, we know in reality we're not. There's hidden things in our lives, there's no longer any real obedience, no excitement like before, we're just keeping up appearances. This is a warning. 
But it's also an encouragement because for those listening well, many of us, I'm sure, it will be wonderful. There's so much more coming to you. Those who are open to receive from God, you will not believe the amount he is willing to give you. The grace of God is fantastically abundant to those who want it. Listen carefully, because nothing will stay hidden. And finally, listen carefully, because that's what Jesus values most. Verses 19 to 21, listen carefully, because that's what Jesus values most. Here Jesus takes one more incident to emphasize his point. How we listen to him is the most important thing, even more uh, than his personal family connections. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. He's not being rude to his family, but in the context of what he's been teaching, he's really pushing home his point. Listening to him well is the most important thing we can do. And it's not just, you know, literally the action of listening but what we then do with it. Do we put it into practice? I could listen very attentively to my wife, but if I don't do what she's asked me to do, I can't legitimately claim to have heard well. Listening carefully means doing what we hear. And again, the wonder of that is that Jesus says, then we're his real family, his spiritual family. If we listen and put it into action, we're real members of the family of God. So there are lots of challenges in this passage, but they're challenges with amazing results. I'm sure many of you have done uh, uh, some of these sort of challenges like couch to 5K or dry January or, or whatever else. But, you know, it's a challenge, but the result, the improved health is worth it. So will we do the hard thing? of listening well, because then it will open up new depths to our relationship with God. We'll find more and more grace, more and more fatherly love, more and more purpose in life. There's nothing better for us to listen to and then put into practice than the words of Jesus. So having asked earlier about how you're doing at listening over the long term, maybe now we should ask, how are we doing in the very moments of listening to God's Word? Do we come prepared? Are we expecting to hear God speak to us when the Bible is opened? Have we prayed about what we might hear? Have we read the passage in advance? Do we try to stay attentive You know, not coming to church tired from being up late the night before, if possible. Maybe with a notebook ready to take notes. Seeing when our attention is drifting and forcing it back. Look, I know I have a responsibility to try to be engaging. (laughs) 
but you've got a responsibility as well to try to listen. And then we then expecting to put it into action, maybe something to say sorry for, a truth to hold on to, a pattern of life which we need to change, an act of service, a, a prompt to witness to a friend. And then do we do it? Do we actually do it? It's all part of listening carefully. It includes action. And it's the same for those we love. Maybe, you know, we've spoken about kids a bit. Maybe again for our kids. We're bringing them up to know Jesus. And we're desperate that they might stick with it. Well, we should think carefully about how we help them hear the Word of God. How to help them listen carefully. How to help them put it into practice. There's nothing better we can do for them, but it's not easy. Maybe it'll be to help them see that that, that Bible teaching bit in youth group is the most important bit. Maybe we can find out what the passage they're going to be looking at uh, and, and, and read it with them beforehand and pray with them and then ask them about it afterwards. Let's help them. For the best thing of all, model it yourselves. Listen carefully because that's what Jesus values most. Well, we're going to move to finish there. Uh, maybe just one more word to those who aren't Christians here with us. I'm so glad you're here today. We love having people who, who don't believe join in with us. Uh, I hope today this teaching is not bouncing off you like an unexplained parable. I hope maybe from today and previously if you've been with us, that what God is saying you might understand. There's great stuff coming from him if you're willing to listen. I long that you might believe and accept and build your life on this. But you might say, how can I be sure? And so I reply to that, well, come back for the next few weeks because in the next three passages, we're going to see why the words of Jesus are worth following. We'll see the power and authority of his words, and we'll see who it is speaking to us, and I hope we'll all have the confidence and trust in him to believe his words, and that will be a wonderful, wonderful thing for us all. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, it is a wonderful thing that you speak to us. We do not take it for granted. It's a wonderful thing that Jesus came into the world and he taught and he proclaimed the good news. We don't take that for granted. It's wonderful that we have your word preserved for us. Thank you for our Bibles. Thank you for the time we can spend hearing your word. Please, Lord, help us to be people who listen carefully, diligently faithfully and persevere with it and so lord bring about a great harvest by the power of your word in jesus name we pray amen